All right, what it is, good fighters. Today we got Connection, Intention and Purpose with Dr. Nash, Dr. Gates. Um, if you like feet, it's your episode today. <laughs> Whoa. Hope, uh, hope people take that with the right intention. Right in, intention. I mean, they better. Get your mind out of the gutters, people. Definitely. Getting that mind out of the gutters is essential. Out of the gutters is key. So, but... In other, in other words, foot and ankle, man. It's been, um, you know. Well, first of all, you you told me that you're walking to work barefoot now, right? Uh, not to honestly, yeah, maybe I, I need to start doing that. But I've just been like taking my dog whenever I go on walks with him. I just do it barefoot. Yeah. So, right. Um, I mean, growing yeah. up, I used to go around barefoot a lot more than right. We kind of lived out in the country and whatnot, but since then. It hasn't really been anything that I've been doing super often. I mean, right. I mean, you want to talk about connection, intention, and purpose. A lot of connection when you're walking barefoot. Definitely. You're intentionally walking barefoot. And uh, I feel like when you walk barefoot, maybe you got a little bit more purpose because you got to watch where you step and not on rocks, right? So, 100%. I noticed that last night walking around. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I got some baby feet, though. Like, if I, don't, if I walk barefoot, especially on, like, asphalt and stuff, it'll... Uh, They'll wreck me. Well, that's what I'm trying to um, build up. Build up to Yeah, yeah. Trying to let those feet start to adapt to have a little bit better uh, resistance towards, like, I don't know. You're right. Little minor inconveniences, like little small rocks. Or, or little pebbles. Yeah. I, I need mean, to do that. I don't know. So it's been going really well, honestly. Uh, that's awesome. That is no. brought to you by today, Dr. Nash, with the influence, the drop-in. The Barefoot Walker. From source, the Barefoot Walker. Our uh, dealer in Barefoot Walker. That's going to be on your business card now. It might need to be. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to see him, though. I've got some, like, dogs. Oh, not, I don't mean, like, feet pics. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> just the. I don't want to see him. You know, you're not selling those yet? No. Yeah, hey, you got to get on that. I have heard stories of people uh, out there selling, like, people on Instagram asking for like their socks and really weird stuff. Freaking weird stuff. Yeah. Man. Psychos out there. I mean, we love, we love you guys, but <sighs> Hey, weirdos out there. Keep it, keep it classy. Y'all keep it classy. Um, yeah, dude, I, I think it's been one of those things where we talk about, uh, going through school and Mally's courses and different things and learning human biomechanics and just becoming more human in general. Um, it's been one of those things that I have been very intrigued by, um, and seeing some good production in my own um, life as far as ankle injuries and different things like that by walking more minimalistic, um, maybe not barefoot outside, but more barefoot as a whole. So I got some stuff today, and I know that you got some stuff today too. Um, I'm going to be bringing some stuff from actually a guy who's an evolutionary biologist Dang, discussing please. barefoot biomechanics and everything. I so. love it. And a little bit what I've got is just kind of some drop-ins that I had on some of my walks where I was just, uh, you know, just kind of re- trying to reduce as much stimulus and just taking mm-hmm. nature, being really connected with what I was doing in the, at that mm-hmm. time with, with my dog. So I think you're right. right. Yeah, I'm ready for it. And I think one thing that we got to point out right off the bat is a quarter of your skeleton. It's in your feet and ankles. Yes, sir. 52. Don't neglect it. 52 bones right there. I think that's one of the wildest things. One of the wildest things. It is. And, I, I, you know, it's really amazing to see the amount of relief that can happen, not just in your foot and ankle, but like up the entire kinetic chain of movement. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who's walking 
more more balanced, more coordinated, and with less stress, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but whenever somebody comes into the office, I don't know, the room, the adjustment room is kind of like a dojo, I guess, because instantly they take their shoes off because they know they're going to get their feet adjusted and everything like that. And so uh, instant connection there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The office, so. I One thing I like that, you know, obviously we, we follow a bunch of other fellow DCs, chiropractors and whatnot. And Dr. Jeremy Brook, one of the, his like, initial things that you do when you literally come into the actual practice is you take your shoes mm. off. And I, I love it. I really do love that. You know, obviously not. Right. I, I don't. And the thing is nobody's got, most people don't have perfect feet. So some people are self-conscious about them, but really. Right. Yeah. We're all kind of in that same boat. Feet aren't right. really meant to be pretty. They're not. They're, they're tools for ambulation, right? They're, they're <laughs> tools to get around. Make, so, make feet tools again. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Be the song. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Put it, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I know Doctor Zeb does that too. You know, he's he's uh, walking barefoot all the time in his practice. Nice, and not not just like barefoot with socks, but like barefoot, barefoot. Um, yeah, and it, it sets the precedence. I think too. People might walk in. Even people do. People get. I don't want to say groomed that's not the right word they're used to uh if you set a precedence in your office they're used to it and there's one thing that can help build connection it's one small like very minute program maybe on the grand yeah program that is a little bit better but it's one small thing that can be utilized to maybe make it a little bit more beneficial in your office to build connection 100 percent. so what um why don't you start us off with something dude Um, all right and then uh, we can dive in because I, I I got a couple uh, research studies okay. that are by Lieberman and some some other people that I think would be cool to dive into in the middle here. All right, so you gotta give you gotta forgive me a little bit. I kind of went on a tangent here, and I just kind of <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I get in like a, a trance, and the fingers are just flying and stuff's just oh, flowing. So don't ever apologize for that uh, that flow, my man. Right, Is right. it some thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, THOTS fire alarm sounded off. All right. Yep. Yep. Get the, get the fire alarm sounding off a little bit. (laughs) So I really initially started with the question. So, um, really trying to, I was just thinking about like insulators. So insulation, um, more along the lines of like electricity because there are certain insulators between electrical current, but I was thinking we're in life. Do you have insulators from connection? Mm. And we all know that the earth emits a frequency. And one of our greatest tools to connect, just like our hands, are our feet. So what if one of the reasons a majority of people out there feel so disconnected is from truly never making a connection with one of the greatest and most abundant and ancient forms of connection with Earth? Most shoes act as an insulator or barrier to the frequency and connecting to the ground, much like how soundproofing a room works. Think about how many people out there from the time they were born hardly ever make true foot-to-soil contact with the ground in their lifetime. What if that's one of the greatest reasons people can go through life feeling so disconnected from themselves, their neighbors, their environments, and their lives? Because they have been conditioned to be disconnected from the great conductor of the earth. Earth is a prehistoric source of positive universal intelligence communication with the human system. I would argue that there is an innate intelligence in having earth itself. And when you can truly connect with someone, you're not just educationally connected, but innately as well. So to connect with the earth is to tap into the innate of the planet and to drop into the connection of who you be. Holy crap. T H big O 
T.S., baby. Um, the Big Conductor. I like that, though, dude. Because, I mean, that's... I don't know if you... I mean, I'm sure you've heard that in school, too, or in some way, shape, or form, about, like, the frequencies, right? That yeah. the planet puts out. Yeah. That's literally part of, like, the magnetic um, protection of the Earth from, like, the solar... Field. From, like, right. solar, uh, solar flares and all that. So... Um, that's just something that I was just kind of thinking about as I was doing some of my walks is how many people really are out there that never even, you know, most people that are born in like a city environment really don't ever make, you know, foot to soil contact. Right. Unless they seek it out. And I think that's especially in a concrete kind of jungle, man. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a, an important factor because I mean, we almost kind of have like an internal GPS system a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think that, it's an important, it's an important tool that can kind of get unprogrammed out of people. The more right. we kind of lose touch with not just like nature, but just some of our like instinct, you know, instinctual tools that we were born and gifted with throughout just years and generations of development. Right. I think one thing that is um, a portion of that is not just getting barefoot, you know, in your, inside your own home, but also on the outside, because I think it's not being barefoot on a man-made object. So then I would, I would include that in sidewalks and different things like that. I would, I would say that it's definitely better to get that conduction if you're outside on like actual rocks or, or grass or dirt. But the mental image that comes to mind is let's say you're in Iowa, right on the ground. Yep. And you are connecting with the frequency of the earth. Um, I'm in Grand Rapids or, you know, let's say I'm on Lake Michigan on the beach, connecting with the frequency of the earth. Both of us in that moment are connect, essentially connected at that time. Um, in, in a space where I don't think you can get that anywhere else, because if you have a shoe or if you're on man-made objects or different things like that, you, you're not at, um, it doesn't conduct the same, obviously. Um, forces don't connect the same, that transduction. And I just think it's a cool imagery to be to to have two people standing on the earth and being yeah, like, one of that that one frequency. Yeah, like that. Yep. Connecting. That tether. Yep. Not to say that I mean I have no obviously validity to back that up, but I'm sure that there's some type of the collective that that would be a part of that too, you know. Yeah. I think that there's like, I always think of like tree roots that mm. like, it's a, actually like a huge communication tool for not just trees, but like collections of trees and like forests. Right. They like, they connect through their roots. Right. And I think they get connected to like the actual, um, like the actual soil of like where you live is pretty undervalued. Oh, for maybe, sure. I mean, I'm, obviously most people don't educationally understand that or like feel that, but um, I think there's a certain level of relaxation and right, um, decom- like kind of not just decompression, but feeling of like not being just some visitor of wherever you are, but actually being like a part of like the community and not just like in the aspect of people, but like the the surrounding nature and other life around you. Right, because it's not even just, down to the smallest bacteria. Right, um, virus. And that's cool. The the diversity of life around mm-hmm. us is just so abundant all the time. 
Right. People really, I think a lot of people get really caught up in that life's just a strictly a human experience and it's not. Mm. So to really be able to connect with other forms of life uh, constantly with like a lot of, um, like, like just literally like a, an abundance of time where we're just literally standing there or moving because moving in itself is a transmission of energy. So give and take between like you putting force in and getting force out of the ground and actually communicating with the earth in some way, shape and form. I think that's important too. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think if we, if we tap more into that, it'd be intrigued with how much more, um, you know, they talk a lot about depression or anxiety and how it relates to sometimes the sun, but I wonder how much more, you know, I don't know if there's a study out there. I'm sure there maybe is, but what that would look like if anybody yeah. in the, in the good fighter community fight wants to the fight club, we found it. When we drop in that soon, <laughs> everybody listening, you're a part of the fight club. Part of the fight club. Justin Keith, what a great idea. Money maker. That's what's up, man. Well, I want to get into too, some of this stuff with the evolutionary biologist. Um, yeah. So his name is Daniel E. Lieberman. Uh, he's a professor of biological sciences at Harvard University. And I think it was like the, the article is talking about how like decades ago, he published this paper that showed running in cushioned sneakers encourages people to hit the ground harder than running barefoot. And it kind of sent this shockwave of, um, I don't want to say confusion, but maybe controversy, um, especially at the time when more people are trying to get thicker shoes or, or Nike's building better shoes for running and, and whatnot. Um, so he said, instead he started running barefoot as an experiment and kept doing it because he just enjoyed it. And every spring after running the Boston Marathon, he would trade his traditional sneakers for a pair of minimal shoes or no footwear at all. Um, and he discusses how the more he was running barefoot, the more callous his foot became, but he could still feel the ground really well, which is really, I mean, counter counterintuitive to what you might think. You would think, oh, I have more callus, then I should feel the ground less. But um, with with the calluses, he actually was able to contact the ground and and he noticed that more people in ancient times, one of his thought processes were, well, if you are in ancient times, you couldn't really afford to lose that sensation with the ground. So there's got to be a reason behind it and you can still transmit forces. Um, so he kind of conducted some of these studies with his colleagues and it found that calluses that thicken because you're walking barefoot more often, that there's actually no trade-off in the sensation for extra protection. So you actually are able to. It's a win-win. Yeah. The hard surface that your callus transmit, it transmits those mechanical forces through the foot into the nerves, deeper into the skin that were, were equally as well as like an unprotected sole or like maybe a non-callus foot. So they didn't find anything that, that changed that process. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, dude, the fact that you build up that callus and it doesn't change how you have sensation to the ground. The body's freaking smart, dude. Um, because he talks about there's no viscosity to the calluses. So the forces um, from the ground go right into the deeper layers of the skin. and You don't lose any information. People with thick calluses were sensitive to vibrations to those with no calluses. And then he compares that to wearing a larger shoe. Um, because, I, I mean, 
even now I, I hate when I wear shoes that have that really, really thick sole. And I don't know if it's because it's, I want to be more connected with an aid or what, I don't know. Uh, but he says the energy that gets shoot up your legs is about three times bigger in a cushion shoe than your barefoot. Wow. And he makes this, this, um, he throws out this theoretical, theoretical possibility that the extra impact was behind the doubling of the rates of knee arthritis since World War II. So since World War II, we've had double the, the amounts of knee arthritis and he didn't have any solid evidence. He even says, AIDS says, I don't have any solid evidence to support that, but it is his theory that that's a potential that those, those shockwaves that ironically, the more, and, and a, the study kind of goes into it too, which I'll touch on in just a second, but it produces more of that shockwave into the knee or those joints that we don't want to be arthritic. Right. So, right. Um, but in, so they were doing this study about how foot strike patterns and collision forces forces differ from what they call shod runners, which is basically a runner that wears a shoe and then a person that goes barefoot. And it talks about how people that were more likely to be barefoot, they, they struck more, um, either midfoot or forefront. So think like a sprinter, how okay. they're they're constantly on the forefront, forefoot of their their foot instead of the rear heel strike, which is more consistent with long distance runners that are wearing a thicker sole. So um they did these studies based on like how much mechanical forces were going through and then how much different than that made for potential injuries and different things. So the higher impact was found that previous studies found that habitual shod runners tend to adopt flatter foot placement when barefoot then shod when barefoot then shod thus reducing stress on the foot because they found that they had more tibial stress fractures and plantar fasciitis for those that were landing in a heel strike um which i think is crazy because how much plantar fasciitis do we have today or how much you know shin splints do we have which which realistically could be tibial stress because the, all that stress where people are like, especially nowadays where they're like, Oh, I got to lose weight. Let me just go run. Let me go run a couple miles. And they wear this thick Nike new balance shoe or whatever. Uh, and for me too, it makes me think of my dad, like, cause he's got some pretty bad knee arthritis right now. And I just remember him training for marathons and different things. And he always picked like that thickest soul. And I'm like, man, what if, um, what if less interference is the better? And he relates that in, into this, um, this article that I was talking about how actually a shoe is very invasive into how we're supposed to conduct our lives and how we take in the entire world, just like you were talking about. So, um, and he relates it back to older people because I don't know about you, but you see older people today, they got the, they got those bat, the Velcro strap ons, right? With the thick, yep. thick sole and like double thick. <laughs> I don't even know where they get these shoes at, man. The, I, have you seen those shoes? Uh, no. I mean, some Shout of them, out to I mean, anybody that knows where, where old people buy their shoes, man. Yeah. I mean, I think they're obviously spe- specifically marketed. So wherever old yeah, people, I guess they gotta be <laughs> older people are going. That's where they're getting their shoes. I don't know. I feel like maybe in Walmart sometimes, but Walmart that's sometimes true. gets a bad rap for stuff like that. Cause they do some good stuff with shoes too. Right. Um, yeah, that is nuts. Dude, that's wild. That's pretty crazy. There's still, you know, when I was reading that, his, he obviously equates it back to evolutionary and and we always think we know better. You know, that I think that's a consistent theme from stuff that we've talked about is we think we know better. We think we need these thick, thick soled shoes. But in 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 the end run, and, and I can share about how he talks about with older people in just a second, but 
how it, it doesn't pay off. The payoff is not worth, worth it, you know, right. but we tend to go towards more. You mentioned the feet and maybe we're like subconsciously ashamed or subconsciously, uh, afraid to be judged of our feet. So we right. wear shoes, shoes that also are more appealing to the eye, more aesthetically pleasing. On the outside, right? On the outside. Not not know. who you actually are or like right. what, your, what your design is. I, I think the adaptations are, are very interesting because obviously we, we always talk about, no, the human body is literally, per, one of its sole purposes is to adapt. So um, with the adaption that goes on with having shoes, I think one of the crazy adaptations that you literally just talked about is the difference between the shod runners using more of like a heel strike to like heel to toe off type running style versus somebody who doesn't having more of like a four foot strike and just literally thinking about like the, the anatomy of the foot and like the dispersion of forces, you have so much better ability to disperse force throughout the forefoot than if you initially make contact with that heel and have that force distributed up, up your tibia, like you're talking about. Um, I think that's a really important aspect or kind of, Oh, we lost Gates. Let's see if we can get him back. We got him back. Reel him back in. We're back. Sorry. We're back, baby. So, like I was saying, I think it really is quite amazing the body's ability to adapt, like we talk about all the time. But um, one of the adaptations I think that we've collectively made, or at least like in the Western culture, with like the thickness of uh, the soles of shoes, or just like the, the bed of shoes in general, and you know, talking about the prevalence of knee arthritis, mm-hmm. obviously leading with like a typical stride heel first, that transmission of forces is going to initially lead up the tibia, right? Opposed to right. like an unchewed runner with the forefoot lead, the dispersion of forces through the forefoot is going to be a lot more evenly dispersed. And it just has a whole, I mean, like we said, you have 26 bones in each foot. So each of those joints are designed to kind of, uh, maneuver and also like joints take away force from uh, getting put just dumped into one little area. So right. I think that's an important uh, piece of information that that guy dropped right there. That was cool. Yeah. I think um just when you dive into that type of biomechanical feedback and how your body can relate it to the, we're, we're perfectly made, man. We're made to disperse those forces. Um, I'd be interested to know because obviously with, with, um, the difference in shoes and different things like that, mile times and sprint times and how that would change as well. I mean, I'm sure it's more for increase or like a decrease time when you're wearing shoes, but he does make the case for, well, you can also potentially have more rebound or more. Nervous system input if you're mm. doing a minimalist shoe. Mm. Um, and I think about sprinter shoes, they're not super thick either. You know, no. sprinter shoes are pretty thin because you don't want to lose any of that, that force, right? That, that ground reaction force, yeah, yeah, right. You don't want any of that, uh, cushion or insulation to like basically eat that force up, yeah, right, yeah. That's just like the definition of speed. There you go, putting more force into the ground. Yep. And he goes into some stuff too with, um, with the elderly popula- population. Um, and how as we become older, our feet 
become more sensitive or less sensitive, excuse me. Um, and like I said before, we see older people with more cushioned shoes, less feeling. If we have those cushioning shoes, well, then that's leading our older elderly population to less adaptation too. For sure. And how many, how many falls or, or, uh, more likely to eat, trip, more I mean, likely to trip, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know that sometimes even when I'm walking in the wintertime wearing boots, I'm just more likely to like catch a lip of a <laughs> yeah. sidewalk, right? And it's because I literally am just not used to having that disconnection as, as large a space that between thick. myself and the ground, right? Right. So I think by, like what you're saying, by the elderly population, just they're desensitized already or getting to that point where um, they're just not registering as much of that, that feedback mm. to create that gap even more. That's making the problem worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes me think of our bodies, our body thrives off information, right? And as we get older, we tend to decrease that information. Yeah. So we're literally losing that information as we age. And if you don't use it, you lose it. And how many, like, how many people have you adjusted that are maybe a little bit elderly and their feet are just like freaking two by four, you know, like they become a rigid piece of plank, you know? Um, mm, it becomes yeah. actually really debilitating for people. Very debilitating, very, a lot of pain, a lot of, and I even think in my own, you know, before I started getting my feet and ankles adjusted, I was very rigid. I was very much so like trying to stabilize something and not dispersing the weight properly. Um, and I th- Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to share how, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, just walking to and from school, you know, used to be in a lot of pain and I tried to get as thick a soul as I could. And it, it always progressively got worse. Like it never progressively got better, but it wasn't until I started getting my feet adjusted and started getting a thinner soul and more ankle stability to where I felt like, you know, I had really, really bad sprained ankles, but I started gaining even more information and even more ability to, do you remember what it's called when, when your foot kind of like counter, like corrects itself automatically? I don't know if it's just a reflex or what. I can't really remember, but I remember touching on it in school. But there'd be times when after I started doing that and you started adjusting my feet and ankles, I I just instinctively, reflexively corrected. And I didn't have those sprained ankles that it probably would have produced in the past. Or I didn't even have a tweak or anything like that. Um, and just t- the, the amount of information that comes in and allows your body to adapt way better when it, when it does come into play with that, too. I don't remember what it was called, but... Um, I did you growing up? Did you? I mean, obviously, everybody usually played some sort of like kickball, tag, yeah. something. Yeah. Did you ever like you, you played those barefoot ever? Um. Yeah, a couple times. Okay. I mean, that's just generally what we would do where I yeah. grew up. We would just like you know just kind of went outside and played barefoot in the summertime. Um, and kind of going around to like that amount of information that you get back and like. Um, our brain and our body is just so good at processing information without us having to like educationally consciously have to think about processing information. Right. Thinking back on it now, I never really started having foot or ankle problems. And I mean, obviously I had some injuries, but I think those ended up leading to me having um, issues with my hips and low back too. Yeah, for sure. Right. I, I literally was like, I didn't have the, stability and motion in my ankles that I initially had and needed. So like everything else 
I was reducing my ability to like basically be dynamic. Right. That maneuverability that you normally would have. Right. Um, never had any of those issues though. I mean, obviously your kids growing around playing up or growing up playing around, but I never had those types of problems. I know that there's like a catch 22 with that. Sometimes, sometimes people get like stress fractures and stuff on their kids on growth plates. If they like do too much on like hard surfaces. Right. I've heard that before, but, um, you're outside on the grass and the ground though. It's a little bit different too. Right. One thing I was thinking, I know it's more of just like, uh, maybe it is a coincidence. Maybe it's not, but the soul of the foot, right? I don't know if that's just a coincidence that they call it the soul. This is, um, it literally said the article title of this, it says going barefoot is good for the soul. S O L E. Dang. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that definitely has some, some portion of it. Um, before I get into the second half, did you have anything else drop in, bro, that you're thinking of too? I mean, more so just that right there is that there's no like we're all we're we're uh, some of our parts, right? And right, to like ne- yeah. to neglect one and just like disconnect it from whatever its stimulus is mm-hmm. or however it like takes in information in a way you're kind of reducing your own ability to adapt. Yeah. And I mean, I think our feet are really a big part of our communication skills subconsciously and just taking in information because literally just like our hands, like it's um, whatever you believe, but like genetically throughout other species, one, not two, it's not like you see any other species trying to reduce their ability to take in information with a, whatever their, their environment is with the ground. Right. Right. You take so much information that way. I mean, you can the vibrational tone of everything. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. I think it's, I think it's really overlooked. I think one thing that I just kind of dropped in a little bit too, is we lose our creativity as we get older mm-hmm. and a lot of our old, not just elderly, but you know, dads, moms, you don't see them as barefoot as maybe you were as a kid. Right. Yeah. Maybe some of the time, but I think maybe we, it, it is a, uh, almost a not a powerhouse but a powerhouse to the soul and a powerhouse to creativity and being being a kid and yeah how we were when we were growing up you know playful uh adventurous resorting to just being outside you know know, very present that's one thing kids very present yes Um, yes not like a a lack of fear right like kids are fearless i always talk about kids feeling invincible and i think um that's what some people wear shoes for is to protect. I mean, talk about steel toed boots, all that. Like, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I see plenty of people working that are wearing these big boots that are meant clunky. to protect clunky and they have a bunch of foot issues. <laughs> I mean, I know they need to protect it from nine times out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> they need to be protected from having stuff drop and land on their foot for sure. But I think that there's a certain level of balance. They need to like basically counteract that with. Yeah. For just like the actual mobility of your feet. Yeah. That's a fact, man. I mean, you're not going around just like mannequin hands with everybody, right? <laughs> like, like, we're not walking like just gloves like this all the time. Right. Um, and if we were, I'm sure we'd have so many more hand and wrist issues than we already do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we know that tra- the transfer of forces is so crucial. And we put it somewhere else. Like you said, we like to protect, but it, it ends up doing uh, more damage than I think we can, can sometimes realize. So, 
and they touched on that too today today we we add comfort but we reduce functionality we reduce our ability to function to our highest potential mm-hmm. um, yeah you said you have a second half yeah a little bit it's a smaller section but uh, okay Oh, okay. <laughs> I just didn't know what that was. Um, so then we have Christian Dau. Totally butchered his name. Oh, no, name. Okay. I don't know. Senior lecturer at in musculoskeletal biology at the University of Liverpool, England. So that the and I love this part. That the foot is one of the least understood structures in the body because of the individual variation. And the complexity of foot bones, ligaments, and because of what happens, what happens inside the foot is impossible to see. And I, what, and just like thinking about that, how how much variation do we have in not only the appearance of feet, but foot structure, ligaments, sure. muscular tendon, you know, even up to the ankle. Some people got requirements. Some people got thin ankles. Some people got them cankles. You know, just there's so much variation that we can't. It's complex. And when you have 52 bones in an area, it's going to be more complex. It's going to be, and in the sense of too, when we talk about more bones, like let's think about the wrist. You have your carpal bones for mobility, right? Yep. Well, the foot needs mobility and stability at the same time. Yes, it does. In, in different areas, but they're, they're so closely related, so closely interconnected. It's a very complex portion. One that little to no people understand fully probably because even I mean, I would argue podiatrists don't really understand it because the majority of my foot information has never been from a podiatrist. Right. In fact, the, when I have gone there route, it's been more pain. Um, and then it's so, so much of what happens inside the foot is impossible to see. And that's so true because you can't really, cadavers aren't going to do it justice because it's not weighted or anything like that. But, and, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. No, dude, I love that. I think it's pretty amazing. I mean, our body never does anything by accident or by random. Right. And it's by no accident that we have 25% of our bones in our body and our feet. And our feet literally, I mean, bones are meant to A, protect, and B, move. Like right. joints, right? Right. So that's like their function, essentially. I am taking information, too. Yes, to of course. External, right? Yep. So I think to... I think that's... I mean, that, that in itself, it should be like leaned into right not, mm. not something that should be disposed damped. of yeah disposed yeah. of and damp putting like a kind of like a muffle on it right right i kind of like what you said earlier um similar to the soundproofing of a room if you're soundproofing those feet then it's not able to do all the things that needs to do yeah i think with uh that connection aspect of, of like soundproofing your your feet not and obviously i was talking more with like the frequency of the earth but literally just to your, your environmental stimulus yeah. where you're just, um, you're putting a cap on your potential to adapt that yep. you're just like creating like a static environment for your foot. Yep. Right. And 100%. when you're not, when you're not able to like, that's like part of like the, um, stability of an ankle is like subconsciously like have reflexes or, um, inherent ability to like understand like a foot position and like where the force is going and to correct that before an injury mm-hmm. happens. And when you have a, a, a thicker shoe or whatever, you just have less information. So it's even right. easier to like hurt your foot or to right. not move in a correct, move in a correct way. That's um, I mean, like everything else, man, the curves of the back, the curves of the spine, lordotic and kyphotic. 
Yeah. They're meant to help distribute forces and weight. The arches of the feet, arches the, the three arches, three arches of the feet. Most people don't know we got three, yeah. right? And yeah. those are all meant to disperse force in different ways and be dynamic. Right. And I think that's lost all the time. Yep. That's fact. So that's, that's what really, we get to work really on. True. Yeah. And we'll, I'm working with Dr. Malley, helping somebody restore those arches and that arch stability. Mm. We talk about re, rebuilding the curve in a spine. Same thing with rebuilding the arches of the feet. Yeah. Um, it's really important. Right. That's a, yeah, that's awesome. I like that analogy too. It's a foot spine. Foot spine right there. <laughs> foot curves. Foot curves. Um, Love your foot curves. <clears throat> Purely for foot picks. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, okay, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, just uh, two more quick things. Okay. Uh, in one of the research studies, they had, uh, had people try minimal shoes for six months. And although they were uncomfortable at first, uh, quite a few people prefer them. Mm. So a little bit of minimal uncomfortability at the beginning, but then you do realize that you end up liking them a little bit more. And um, just talking about how the shoes can be somewhat invasive, and but he sometimes wears regular shoes because it's wet and gloomy in Liverpool. So, mm. <laughs> but the research is there, and I think um, what's really cool as we as we understand more about comfort versus versatility and usability, the more, I think it's the more and more we return the human, the more we, more we recognize the versatility that we're capable of, the more we can actually inherently adapt better and inherently live a life that's more fulfilling. Um, and it starts with just taking that step outside, no shoes, nothing invasive, nothing to. Literally and figuratively limit. taking that step. Literally and figuratively. And I think in connection, intention, and purpose, the feet are a huge portion of that. Um, so go out there and, and make it happen, guys. It'll pay dividends for sure. Yeah. Going off that, man, I think that you can fulfill all three categories of connection, intention, and purpose just mm -hmm. by with your feet alone, right? Yeah. Because yeah. to go anywhere, you got to have purpose. You know, right. You know, if you don't have any purpose, it's what you're to, to walk from here to the kitchen or to to run from here to there mm. or to to jump you got to have a purpose to why you're doing what you're doing otherwise it just literally doesn't happen right right um and that connection and intention too intention goes a little bit more inherently with with, with purpose but that connection i think what we talked about today that just is uh, uh it's a perfect analogy for making yeah. connection is with the feet 100 percent um and what a way to start would, your day too oh yeah i think one thing that i was just thinking about right before we get finishing up here so regulating body temperature, sometimes your feet are a big component of that. Mm. Um, I know like one of the things that I was told growing up, if you start getting sick, go to sleep with socks on because you're going to be able to uh, maintain a higher body temperature. Right. So I think that uh, just kind of going back around and around and around, but neglecting your feet, your, your foot potential for body regulation don't sleep on it. Right. And we True. still don't understand it completely. Um, right. So thank you so right. much for sharing what you did, dude. I, I for think, sure, brother. I know I got a shit ton out of it and I hope everybody else did too. Cause that was some really good information you dropped. Yeah. Today. Yeah, dude, for sure. No problem. Go barefoot and get your feet adjusted. Y'all. Ooh, uh, Vivo barefoot. That's a barefoot shoe company. And also yep. there's this, uh, company, I think they're really called barefoot. Oh, true. They're okay. a little bit cheaper than Vivo. Vivo is um, pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they're like, they're still 
a little bit on the pricier side, but they're cheaper than Vivo. I've checked them out. Um, right. I haven't bought any myself yet, but um, check those guys out too because those are two right. quality companies that if you want to start, I mean, obviously, I'm not telling anybody to go outside and run a mile barefoot right away, but it's a start. nice transition. So, And if anybody has any uh, link to some moccasins, your boy's looking for some moccasins. Totally. Uh, so the, the barefoot are more moccasin style. I wanted, but I like traditional moccasins, man. Okay. I want like, I don't know, maybe something about, I got a lot of appreciation for the Native American culture. And I think uh, uh, it'd be really cool. Yeah. Not appropriation. Well, uh, no, no, no. It's appreciation. <laughs> yep. Cool. All right, brother. Well, thank you, Good Fighters Fight Club. Um, Fight Club. You know how to find us at the underscore good underscore fight underscore ers. Boom. Also at uh, DC underscore Nash underscore T and Gates. Which one do you prefer them to follow you at, Dr. Gates? Gates Mayor at, under, at Gates Mayor underscore DC. Right on, brother. Well, Preferred. appreciate y'all and taking the time to listen to today's episode and we'll look forward to hearing from you again.